Dr. Sonny. Yes, please. Go ahead and continue. Okay. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Hello and good evening, my brothers and sisters. It is My name is Chaplain Tevin Graves. I am with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. On Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated It is a pleasure being with you again uh, This evening Tonight's topic is the power And impartation of the Holy Ghost The power and impartation Of the Holy Ghost And tonight's subject is a very interesting one indeed uh, And at times uh, very controversial And what we do on Kingdom Empowerment Radio and what our mission is, is to empower and to equip the body of Christ to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we do, and this is our mission, 
And this is what we're about. We are about kingdom. And it's not just me. There are other hosts and hostesses on Kingdom Empowerment Radio uh, who have a ministry and who do exactly the same thing. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background on myself for those individuals who are joining uh, Kingdom Empowerment for the first time, my responsibility as a messenger of God, as a chaplain, is to convey this message, is to prepare people, not to just, again, uh, 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 give scripture uh, to talk about Jesus, but to equip people to go out and do the work that they are called to do. And many of us do not know what we're called to do. And many of us need direction. We need structure. And we need help when it comes to discovering what our purpose is. Many of us uh, uh, tragically die without knowing exactly what their purpose and call is. But here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, again, our mission here is to prepare the body of Christ, uh, to prepare the body of Christ, to empower and equip the men and women servants of God to, again, to go out and to do what Jesus has told us to do, and that's to go out and to preach the gospel. So with that said, again, tonight's topic is the power and impartation of the Holy Ghost. And many of us, uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, many of us, uh, some of us rather, uh, struggle with who exactly is the Holy Spirit, what exactly is the Holy Spirit. And uh, for those that follow a Trinitarian uh, type of belief system, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Godhead, again, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Godhead. Now, when we say person, we're not talking about uh, a, a human being with, with arms and legs and a head and eyes and ears and a mouth. When we're speaking of the person of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about, in essence, the personality, the character, the nature of the Holy Spirit. Moreover, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about an inanimate object. We're not talking about some force like electricity. We are talking about God. And for those who want to know exactly a little bit more about that, uh, go with me right now to the Acts of the Apostles. Go with me to chapter 5. And many of us know this uh, uh, scripture already. Uh, Go with me to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, verse 1 says, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3, But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, and to keep back part of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not in thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So when we examine the character and nature of the Holy Spirit, in essence, we are talking about God. Jesus even alluded to this in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 24, where the word of God reads, Jesus Christ himself said that God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So these are scriptural facts or evidence to support the third person of the Godhead. Uh, In many cases, uh, and in some teachings, which are in in some cases known to be heretical, those that follow a modal a modalism type of teaching or Sibelianism, which believes that God operates in different aspects, meaning that there is the, there is God the Father, there is God the Son, and there is God the Holy Spirit. But instead of the three acting with and through each other to accomplish the salvation plan of our Heavenly Father, these three operate in different modes, if you will. And that's where the, the, the word modalism comes from. Uh, 
This is a teaching that goes back to the second century. And it's a teaching that was considered heretical, meaning that there were individuals, when we think of heresy in the early church, we're talking about those uh, uh, individuals, these groups of men who, who would form these uh, councils or synods, uh, and they would discuss these things. And when we think of modalism and how we try to align it with, with the Godhead, it doesn't really line up because God is operating in different modes. And we know according to Scripture, according to what the Bible has revealed to us, that God works simultaneously, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus says that I, in John's, in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. But what, what, when he said that, what did he mean, I and my Father are one? He's saying, in essence, we are not just one in purpose, but we are one in spirit. Because Jesus, when he came, he did not his own will. But he did the will of the one who sent him. So when we think of the Godhead, the Godhead is a is a unity. It is it does not operate in different times in history. For example, now some may question that because Jesus had to ascend, right, in order for the Holy Spirit to now come and dwell in the life of the believer. So, but. When you think of modalism, it's like, okay, at one point in time, uh, we have God the Father, and another point in time in history, we have God the Son, and at another point in time in history, we have the Holy Spirit. God doesn't, he's not fractured in that way. It's all together. It is all for one common purpose, because if you believe in modalism, then you have to now question, wait a minute, are, are we serving three gods? Then that would not make us monotheist, but it would now uh, bring into question whether we truly believe in one God. Are we now following the teachings of of polytheism, which is the belief in many gods? And that's not the case here. Um, We believe in one God and one God only, but this one God is operating as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit simultaneously, simultaneously to accomplish his salvation plan for his elect. So with that said, uh, I do want to give some examples of the power of the Holy Spirit uh, since tonight's topic is the power and impartation of the Holy Ghost. And before I even go into some of these examples, um, I want us to come together in prayer. And ask God to illuminate uh, what he is trying to say here, that he would shed light on this, that he would open the eyes of our heart, that he would open our minds, our spiritual minds, our spiritual eyes to what he is saying at this time. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time of fellowship, this time of coming together on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Lord, we thank you for your woman servant and your man servant, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Ganny. Lord, we thank you for Dr. Sonny Agbomo, who is who is also a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. And Lord, that you would be glorified in these men and uh, women servants, Lord Jesus, who are doing your will, and that Lord, you would advance your kingdom. Lord, that you would bring us to higher heights and a deeper understanding of your Spirit that, Lord, you would be glorified on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. And even for those, Lord, who are, who are seeking Christ for the first time, who are looking for revelation, who are looking uh, for a fresh touch from you, Lord, that you would impart in them, Lord, your spirit, Lord, that you would illuminate their understanding, that, Lord, we would transcend from, from our own understanding into the understanding of kingdom, into understanding of your purpose. And we ask that you would be glorified tonight, that you would be glorified in this topic, that, Lord, we would not leave the same way we came in, but that, Lord, we would complete this radio program with a a deeper understanding, 
with revelatory understanding, and, Lord, that you would use us mightily, hallelujah, for your glory and for your honor and for your praise. We lift your name on high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. My brothers and sisters, just to give you some examples, biblical examples, uh, just so that you don't uh, think that I'm saying this according to, again, my own understanding, but just to give you some biblical examples of the power of the Holy Spirit. We see an example of this, and for those who are listening, please take out your pen and also a, uh, a pencil, a pen and paper, and take notes. Because this information here is certainly very, very important. Uh, there are individuals who are going to ask you these questions. Uh, well, who, who, uh, what is the Holy Spirit? Who is Jesus? Uh, who is his heavenly Father? If Jesus is God, then why did he, uh, is he praying to himself on the cross? Uh, it, these are questions that we're going to get. Uh, so some, some of the examples of the power of the Holy Spirit uh, we can find in uh, the beginning. The first book of Moses, which is Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The scripture reads, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was, was without form and void, and, was, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. You can find that in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So this spirit of God, this ruach, as we as we even study Genesis a little bit further, we know that Adam was created from the dust of the earth. But not until our God breathed into the nostrils, his ruach, Hebrew word is ruach, breathed his breath, into Adam. Not until then did he become a living soul. That's another example of what the uh, Spirit of God can do. We can also find another example of this power in uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 35. And the Word of God reads, and the angel answered, now this angel is the angel Gabriel. And this angel Gabriel had answered Mary and said unto her the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also therefore also that holy thing referring to Jesus which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God so this was I would even, you can even maybe say it as, it's an impartation of God into Mary to bring forth the Son of God, which in turn also would establish uh, the salvation plan of God for his, for his people. Uh, also, another example we can find in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, which, also, which reads, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Hallelujah. And you can find that scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 is also another uh, example of the power of of the Holy Spirit This reads But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead Dwell in you He that raised up Christ from the dead Shall also quicken Your mortal bodies By his spirit That dwelleth in you And that's again that's in Romans Chapter 8 verse 11 And you can also Read First uh, Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, which reads, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That was the Apostle Paul referring 
to how he approached the Corinthian church at that particular point in time, that he didn't come in in a certain way, that he came in the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do this in his own strength. He didn't do this even according to his own understanding, but he did it in demonstration. And just to give you a little bit more background on what I'm talking about, I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to go back to that same scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. The scripture reads, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And in, as I just read verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So, my brothers and sisters, uh, you pretty much get the idea that, again, when we refer to the Spirit, when we are referring to the power of God, this is nothing that has been generated or manufactured by man or even man's own understanding. Many people will question scriptures, the, the Holy Scriptures, and say, well, these are words written by men. But we must also understand that God, in his infinite wisdom and understanding, he imparts this type of wisdom. He imparts his spirit into mortals such as us to put pen to paper so that we can write about these things. When we look at the Holy Scriptures, it's, it, these are not prophets. and Well, these are prophets and apostles who wrote the Holy Scriptures, but it wasn't as if these men of God had some sort of religious experience. And decided to to one day uh, write about it. It's not like that. God imparted his understanding, God's understanding, not man's understanding. He imparted his spirit, his power, his understanding, his ways and his thoughts into these prophets and apostles to put pen to paper to write the Holy Scriptures. And we do understand throughout time and throughout history Man has attempted to tamper, to either add or subtract, to even, dare I say, bring confusion to what God is saying. But God is not the author of confusion. He is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So we have a responsibility as believers to get into the word of God, to understand that, that Lord, what you are trying to convey to me on, 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 on these uh, pages here goes beyond my understanding so therefore now I must pray for spiritual understanding in order to understand what God is trying to convey to us we must put on our spiritual ears we need spiritual ears to hear a lot of us we're, we're deaf to the things of God we don't understand the things of God why because we're limited in our understanding and we need the Holy Spirit we need God say Lord in order for me to understand what you're saying, I need this impartation. I need the Holy Spirit to, to bring into remembrance those teachings that Jesus taught. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to move on to what are some of the examples of the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And probably one of the greatest examples of this impartation we can find in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. The scripture reads, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly they came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is a visitation, and hopefully a habitation, of the Spirit of God. There was a move of God that, my brothers and sisters, today we still need. We still need for this 
rushing mighty wind to come in and to fill all the house. And, and when we think of filling all the house, we're not just talking, and in this case, a physical house, but let's say, Lord, Lord, I need this rushing mighty wind to fill my mind. To fill my heart, Lord, I need your spirit to come in and to and to bring me into another level of understanding. And this is where, again, we see in 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 uh, in, in uh, history, we see in the case of the Azusa Street revival, where we see an example of what took place on the day of Pentecost. So, this is not just a one-time thing or something that happens periodically uh, 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 through history, this is something that as believers we should be looking for frequently. We should be asking God to come and inhabitate in us. Lord, come. This, we we, we want to hear you. We, we want to be in your presence. We want to hear what you have to say to your people in this time. Lord, give us a word, Lord, from heaven, Lord. What should we do in this time? What is our instructions? What are our marching orders? This is the attitude and the character that, that we should be taking on at this point in time. And I also want to say uh, there are some other examples of uh, the impartation of the Holy Spirit, which you can find in John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. And the scripture reads, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you, or shalom. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. So, my brothers and sisters, when Jesus gave the instruction he's telling his disciples he's giving them a mandate he's giving them a commission he's telling them knowing okay that his time was about to expire on earth and he he left them a parting message he says as my father had sent me even so i send i you even so send i you and but he didn't leave them that way he didn't leave them without power. He didn't leave them comfortless. He said he left them with the tools to get the job done. And that, in essence, is what the Holy Spirit is. It is, in essence, not something for us to boast in. When we say, oh, you know, I can speak in tongues and, 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 and you know, I can call down the fire of God. It's, th- those are not gifts for us to boast in. But those are simply tools in order for us to get the job that that we need to do done. It's tools to get the job done. And that is why Jesus, he did not leave them without the proper instruction and the tools. So that is a message for us today. As Jesus said to his disciples, he said, he said he told them to tarry in Jerusalem until that day when they would be endued with power from on high. Do not, my beloved, go out and you are not prepared to do the work that Christ has called you to do. It is important that we are girded up in the, in the things of God, that we are girded up in the Holy Ghost, that we are prepared to go out and to preach the gospel and that it's not us talking it is not us preaching it is not us evangelizing but it is the holy spirit it is the spirit of god that is in us that is speaking that is releasing a word praise god praise god and with that said since i'm only on for one hour and it's approximately 7 30 i do uh as i often do uh, I would like to open up the phone lines at this point in time. It is approximately 7.30 p.m. Uh, God bless you for all of those who are either listening uh, online or or listening to, or you, you know, I didn't even give the telephone number out. I should have done that in the beginning. Uh, the number to call in is 646-668-2413. Again, that number is 646-668-2413 for anyone who wants to call in and share a word. God bless you. Call her your own name. 
Hi, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, woman of God. Hi, God bless you. Uh, I just want to say this is a really powerful, interesting topic. Um, you know, so I really appreciate you uh, bringing the message on the Holy Spirit because uh, oftentimes we do not talk about the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ today. Uh, so this is really a relevant and timely message um, that's needed. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to share, uh, man of God, concerning the Holy Spirit is that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, um, was always working together, even from the beginning. I know that you provided some examples uh, that the Holy Spirit um, is present, but I wanted to take it back even further. The Bible says that in the beginning, uh, when darkness was Hoover and darkness uh, was in the the land, and there was darkness. The Bible says that uh, the spirit of the of God hoovered over that darkness, and so really that was the Holy Spirit that was always present. So just to make reference back to what you started to share about mo- uh, modalism, am I correct? Correct. Yes. Modalism that. It's not just them coming within different dispensations uh, and say, okay, well, now it's your turn to show up, or now it's your turn to be a part of this history. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Yes, there were different dispensations of times where their function it was fully active, um, but they were always simultaneously working. And, uh, and the Bible says that the Spirit was hovering over the darkness of the earth. And then, then he said, let there be light. And he spoke it into existence, which was the word. So even though Jesus did not come in physical form, the word was always present. Amen. And so we have to begin to see it that way. And you also spoke about the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, the impartation of the Holy Spirit was infused in, in Adam. But what began to happen is that when he infused his spirit into Adam, it was the infusing of the Holy Spirit that was always there. And when Adam then began to, when Adam sinned, uh, uh, the Spirit of God was no longer there. That's why he says, Adam, where are thou? Because that's how God identifies with us. He doesn't identify with flesh. When sin came into the world, uh, then he lost that spirit. That's what he says, Adam, where art thou? Because he couldn't see his spirit. What he saw was his Adam's flesh that he created. And so that would be, that's what began to happen is that man lost the Holy Spirit. It was always there. So that's the point I'm trying to make. The Holy Spirit was always there. But it's that Ruach breath that you spoke of that was infused, that was deposited in Adam. In fact, it was only the Holy Spirit that would give uh, Adam the enablement to be immortal as he was immortal. It was only the Holy Spirit that would have given Adam the enablement to function the way he did uh, and based on the mandate that God has given him, but we see that the moment he lost that spirit because of sin, he became just a mere mortal when in reality he was supposed to be immortal, and so that's what happens is that uh, people are not realizing that the Holy Spirit was always present. It's not that he just showed up uh, on the scenes when the Holy Spirit was taken. No, that's when he was completely uh, an operation to complete the work. So that's why the Holy Spirit is in this dispensation of time now, is to complete the, the work that we're yet to do. Christ said mm-hmm. it's already finished. We're, the Holy Spirit is helping us to complete that work and to bring us back into reconciliation. And I'm not getting off topic, but that's what happens is that when we when man has sinned, what began to happen is that we, we lost the logic, the wisdom, the knowledge of knowing who the Holy Spirit is. And that's why so many people come up with these theologies, these theories, these philosophies of who is the Holy Spirit? When did he come? When did he show up? And so really, we can't really, uh, uh, can't seem to get a full understanding. That's because the Holy Spirit has now, uh, uh, because of sin, the Holy Spirit has separated from so many people. But it's when we get back into that state with God as Adam first once was, 
with God, that's when you'll understand the, the, his Holy Spirit once again. And so that, I'm just making reference that that's why people are trying to figure out, well, when did the Holy Spirit come? Uh, who's the Godhead? Is it possible to, for him to function as three and one? Or is there polytheism? And that's why people can't understand. And he said it to Peter. He said it to Peter very clearly. He said, but who do you say that I am? He says, well, I'm mm-hmm. the the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and because he got that revelation, it's not that he just received knowledge; he got the Holy Spirit. Mm. Then he got an insight, a glimpse of the Holy Spirit. Then okay. the day of Pentecost came. That's when they got the full infilling, but he had a glimpse of the Holy Spirit to gain that revelation of who Jesus was. Because unless the Holy Spirit revealed it, there was no way he would have known who Jesus was. The Holy Spirit introduces Jesus. Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit. They introduce one another, and they're all in one. And so that's what I want to share in, uh, in closing. Amen. No, thank you, woman of God. Uh, that you're, you're absolutely Absolutely, and and I'm going to actually stay right where you were. I'm going to actually add to what you're saying. Uh, before I do that, uh, for the sake of time, uh, it's 7:37 p.m. I I want I want everyone to get an opportunity to comment uh, on tonight's topic. If there's anyone else on the line who would like to add to what's already been said, to what the woman of God said, or to what I've said, please by all means, here's the time to do so. If there's uh, yes, anyone uh, else on the line, okay. Yes, God bless you. Yes, man of, yes, man of God. I'm so thankful. I'm go. I'm so grateful to God for your ministry. And uh, I, I like the. Uh, I've been listening. It's, uh, it's so, uh, so great. Uh, to be honest with you, it's so great. And I like the part where you said uh, the the Holy Spirit is a person, and you mm. kind of talk about the personality, and uh, you talk about the uh, the attribute. Because when you see some of us, some of us, the, we try to explain the Holy Spirit as if it's a man. Mm. Yeah, it's not a man. You know, man right. can lie. The Holy Spirit does not lie. <laughs> Come on. That's right. You see? So I am so, I, I was happy when you said, yeah, it's a personality, it's the attribute. Right? Uh-huh. And, at the same, mm. and at the same time, it's not just ordinary man. See? Mm. So thank you so much. Thank you. You're very <laughs> welcome, man of God, and thank you, and God bless you. If there's anyone else who would like to uh, uh, say a, a question or comment on tonight's topic, by all means. If not, then I'll continue. Amen. Amen. Just to add to what the women of God were saying, uh, we've had a problem throughout church history. I'm not going to get too in-depth with it because it's long. If we go back to much of the early church, we've had uh, discussions, controversies, uh, debates, arguments. Uh, much, much of them led to uh, physical abuse, believe it or not, over such doctrine that, like this, like what we're talking about tonight. And what, what's really sad, and I and I even wonder, uh, being that we had these bishops and learned people trying to figure out the things of the, uh, the things of God, the things of kingdom. Did they ever once ask for divine impartation, divine guidance in their understanding? Because according to my own studies, uh, it appears that this was, before there was a uh, Council of Nicaea in 325, there were many other groups, or what we call synods, which, and let me explain that, um, because I've brought it up before, and I don't know if I, I don't think I explained it. Synods, for for example, let, let's say there was a controversy within the church. Let, let's say there was an issue. There would be groups of Christian believers from different regions, 
let's say from the Roman Empire region, let's say from the Roman region, let's say from Asia Minor, even as far as Spain. These these bishops or these Christians would get together to form a council. And in many cases, they were large councils. I'd use the Council of Nicaea as an example, or even smaller groups known as synods. And they would get together to discuss what we're talking about tonight. Who is Jesus? Uh, uh, what issues concerning holy days? Uh, in fact, there, 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 there's a, uh, uh, in 193, uh, there was a, a small issue with regards to the holy day, Easter, for example. And it's called quattrodeciminism. Quattrodeciminism, which uh, means 14th day. And these individuals would get together to, to find out, okay, uh, should we observe, how Jewish should the Easter holiday be? So they would deliberately try to uh, uh, celebrate or set aside a day of observance, such as the 14th day or Easter, they would purposely set it up so that it would line up with Passover. So that was pretty much what they were attempting to do with regards to quattrodeciminism or the 14th day. So they would celebrate Easter on the 14th day of the month of Aviv, A-V-I-V. And that was their way of trying to maintain the Jewish uh, roots of their uh, observance or the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's just something I wanted to share But th this has been a problem This has been a problem throughout church history um, Who is Jesus? And as the woman of God said I think what really Really puts a stamp On this argument Or pretty much puts it to an end Is the question That, Pete, that, that Jesus asked Peter He says Who do men say that I am? And it's that same question That they were asking back in, 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 in the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th century And we're still asking the same questions today And Jesus gave an answer And, and, and Peter gave an answer Peter says, thou art the Christ The son of the living God And he didn't waffle in his answer He knew that he knew And as the woman of God stated There must have been some sort of revelation There must have been some sort of encounter For him to come to that conclusion so this is where we have to be today. We can't be wishy-washy in our beliefs. We can't be like, mm, yeah, I believe some parts of the Bible, but the other parts I'm not too sure about. No, then, then you are double-minded in your understanding. God has not called us to be a double-minded, uh, uh, vacillating, flip-flopping flip people. He has called us to be a people who, who can stand firm. And make a defense for the gospel, and make and let people know that yes, uh, you may have some questions with regards to the deity of Christ, but this has to be a personal walk. It has to be, and we need the Holy Ghost in order to bring revelation, in order to bring understanding into the teachings of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Ghost is very important. The Holy Ghost is very relevant. And, and you can't say, well, uh, I believe in the Father and the Son, but that Holy Spirit business, eh, I don't know too much about that. No, if you want the full understanding of who God is, then we, this, this, is, this gospel is not a la carte. You can't pick and choose what you want to believe. You either believe the entire gospel or you don't believe it at all. So with that said, um, I do want to uh, add one more example to the impartation of the Holy Spirit, which can be found in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 38. Uh, and Peter says, in fact, I'm going to go there myself. Uh, okay, see, okay. Uh, I'll start at verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, 
both Lord and Christ. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's a question. Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, see, he didn't just leave the, see, <laughs> there's an example of God right there. See, Peter could have said, well, you know what? You crucified him. Shame on you. <laughs> and he could, have, he could have walked right out the door. He said, because he came before you and you ignored him. You crucified him. You wanted, hey, you wanted Barabbas. You wanted Barabbas more than Jesus. So you go with your Barabbas. But no, look at the mercy of God in verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brethren, mm, we have to really marinate on that. There was a condemning word. He said, he said sure, this same Jesus who you crucified, who you said was a blasphemer, you sent him to die a sinner's death. But God makes a way of escape. God made a way of escape for those Jews. He, made a, he, says, he says, repent and be baptized. So, and this is the same message today for anyone who's on the line right now who feels that because what you have done in your past, because the things you've done and said, that God, there's no way, there's no way God would forgive you. I'm here to tell you right now, my brother, my sister, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. This is what God is calling us to do in this hour. He is calling us to repent, to turn from our wicked ways. And we need help. We can't do this on our own. We say, Lord, please help me, Lord. As much as I want to repent and turn from my wicked ways, at times I struggle. I'm in and out, Lord. I, I know that I should do the right thing, but, Lord, I can't do the right thing, Lord. It's, it, 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 it's, not, it's not expedient right now for me to do the right thing. And my brothers and sisters, I'm going to share this with you. I had gone to a funeral service today, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a situation there at that funeral service, and certainly it wasn't a God-honoring situation, and I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. The Lord was speaking to me as I was sitting in my seat, and I was grieved in my spirit. I was truly grieved that there were people there who were not ready. They're not ready for Christ's coming. The word that came forth was a message of exactly that, for people to get ready. And it breaks my heart to think that there are going to be some people who are going to turn the other way. They're going to choose to go their own way, and they're not going to repent. And they're going to say, no, I'm not going to repent. Let me live my life. Let me get mine while I have an opportunity. And maybe I'll serve God later. Maybe. Well, my brothers and sisters, tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And where you spend eternity, huh, it is my heartfelt prayer that you would know the love of God for yourself. Not according to how someone else has given a testimony of the love of God, and that is good. It's good to hear testimonies. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's assurance. It's assurance that, wow, there's something going on here. But I want you to experience Jesus for yourself. I want you to experience the love of God for yourself while it is yet day. I beg you, turn away from your wicked ways and turn to Christ while it is yet day. Forgive. 
love, turn away from evil, get away from the witchcraft, get away from those from from those things that that that, that keep you bound, that keep you from not experiencing Christ in in his in your in the fullness of what he wants us to experience in it. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to come to him and say, "Lord, I surrender. I give you all my hurt. I give you all my pain. I give you all my brokenness. I give you my shame. Lord, I all I ask is that you cloak me in your love." That you cover me in your blessing. That you put your arms around me, Lord, and that you would protect me from every weapon of Satan. That, Lord, you would watch over me and that you would watch over my house. That, Lord, you would bless my coming in and my going out. That you would anoint my head with fresh oil each and every day. That, Lord, you would teach me your ways that you would teach me your precepts, that, Lord, you would come into my heart, and that, Lord, you would birth in me a new heart, a new spirit, a new way of thinking, and a new purpose. That, Lord, you would open the eyes of my heart, and that you would do this. I ask this in your precious and holy name. My brothers and sisters, if you come before God and with a broken and a sincere heart, he will answer you. He will send you help. He will send you messengers. He's already done it. He's already done it. He's already sent his prophets. He's already sent his apostles. He's already sent his men and women servants. And, and, and hallelujah, he has his word. And his word tells us that he will never leave or forsake his people. So, while it is yet day, I beg you. Come on. Get on your knees. Seek him. Seek him while you still have a chance. Seek him, find him. If you if you say, Lord, where are you? Lord, I'm searching for you. I don't see you in this world. Lord, where are you? Where are you? Get on your face before God. If you can't bend down, if you have some physical uh, reason why you can't do it, then you stand up. You do it the best can. You do it the best way you can. You sit down and you say, Lord, help, help me, help me. Help me, Lord. My brothers and sisters, for those on the line, for those who are listening, I don't care what your title is. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're an apostle. I don't care if you're an apostle, a prophet, whatever your title is. This doesn't get old. We don't stop saying, God help. So this is not just for those who who are new to the body. This is for those who have been in Christ for quite some time. Because a lot of us, we don't stop saying, Lord, help. In fact, for those who, who have been in the body of Christ and who have been walking with Jesus faithfully, I, those are the individuals that I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you just have that moment with God. Where 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 you are just you're weeping and and, and there's all sorts of uh, uh, fluids flowing from your face and you're just God and it, it, it's just it, it's a travail that just it's an agony and it's and it and it's it could be for you it could be for a friend or it could be for our country it could be for the world and this is what God is looking for in this hour. He has, he's looking for a people who are willing to travail for this country and this world. I cry for this world. When I see what goes on, the, the, the people killing each other, random acts of violence, 
You think that doesn't grieve the heart of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit grieves. Yes. Research it. You don't think it just grieves the Holy Spirit to see people going here, going there, doing things that, that, that they shouldn't be doing? Random acts of violence, school shootings, people running down other individuals with, with, with vehicles? You don't think this grieves the heart of God? So that's why when we say, when we refer to the person of the Holy Spirit, God gets angry. Yes, he got angry with the children of Israel so much that he was going to destroy them. So yes, God gets angry and he grieves. He hurts. (laughs) He hurts when his people fail him, when his people do their own thing and, and, and they're misbehaving and they're fornicating and they're committing adultery. This hurts his heart. This hurts his heart. So, beloved, I'm, I'm just here to share this with you with the final three minutes that, that we have together. Seek the face of God. Seek him. Seek him while it is yet day. Have an understanding. When we say person, God is a spirit. We know that. We know that. But as the man of God said, we're not referring to a human being. God is not a man that he should lie. So it's very important that we begin to ask, Lord, I need more of this Holy Spirit. How can I receive you? Holy Spirit, what do I need to do to receive you? If you are sincere and you really want a fresh, tu- a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, ask him. Submit. Surrender to God. Say, Lord, I am a filthy sinner. I am not worthy of your presence. We must turn from our sins. As Peter said, he said, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So there are some things that we need to do. God will not partner himself with unrighteousness. We must get right before him, which is why, which is why Christ died for us. He died on a cross. A sinner's death, a Roman form of torment. Why? So that we could be restored, so that we could be brought back into right relationship, so that we could receive the Holy Ghost. With that said, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to come to a close. It is 7.59 p.m. I am with you for approximately one hour. And I just want to say thank you to the woman of God. Thank you to the man of God who shared this evening and also for those who are listening. God bless you. And I hope you were able to take something with you. I pray that this has been uh, a, a, a word that has touched your heart. And I pray that it has been a word that will help you moving forward in your Christian walk. I just want to say that I love you and God bless you. And you can get in contact with me uh, via email at pkwgraves at gmail.com, pkwgraves at gmail.com. And I also want to say thank you once again to Dr. Ganny and Mr. Ganny. God bless you. Traveling mercies uh, to, to you both. May the, may the Lord and Savior, may our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continue to use you as you, as you go about doing our father's business. Uh, thank you, Dr. Sonny Ogbomo, for your commitment, sir, uh, to the things of God. You are a blessing to the kingdom, you and your family. God bless you. May the spirit of the Lord continue to cover you and continue to give you insight and wisdom and revelation. And, and may the spirit of God continue to, 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 to work on areas where, where you need assistance, where you need help, where you 
can become even more stronger in the things of God. So God bless you, man of God, and God bless every listener uh, uh, who is on the air listening to Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Uh, It is a blessing being a part of this. And I just pray that you would continue to listen in to not just myself, but listen to the other hosts. Uh, Dr. Sonny Ogbomo, he has a program, uh, Prophetess Tehima McLean and others. Uh, God bless you, uh, my brothers and sisters. This is your host, Chaplain Kevin Graves, with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. It has been a pleasure. I hope this topic has helped you. God bless you, and good night. Good night.